Welcome to Hashtag Wolves in the fifth episode of the season. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will, in the Wolves Den. How are we doing? Doing great. Had a really fun week at Timberwolves basketball, and we'll be breaking down four games and kind of the overall vibe since the Jimmy trade, which was the big update since we last potted. So we'll be breaking down four games. It was a four-game homestand, Monday against the Nets, Wednesday against the Pelicans, Friday against the Blazers, and then today's matinee game against the Grizzlies. We're recording on a Sunday. I always love it when podcasts bring up when they're recording. As like, if it's relevant. Yeah, or exactly. Listeners, oh, Thursday night. Oh, okay. Wow. That really provides some context. <laughs> so we're recording on a Sunday night. And then after the games, we're going to be talking a little bit about rotations. And Noah's going to kind of make us woke to playoff expectations. So the date actually is important because we have seen the Grizzlies game. And we need to do our thing where we brag about the Vikings game is on right now, but we're more loyal to the Wolves. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So we're, we're really, uh, slaving here again. Um, any thoughts, by the way, Wolf or, uh, wow, Wolves, Bears, Vikings, Bears, we picking up the dub and locking up the North? Uh, I did do a $3 bet with a good friend of ours that Wolves, uh, sorry. The mics are on. Oh, I, just, Noah, yeah. I only know one Minnesota team, Vikes plus three, I took, surprisingly, Ooh. over the Bears. Wow. So we're going to see how that goes. Maybe little score updates throughout the game. That'd be a little weird because we're not live, but regardless so like i said we are recording on a sunday night and the vikings are currently playing but rewind to last monday uh starting off this homestand the post jimmy butler era we pick up a w against brooklyn and i kind of think this was the first solid w of the season question mark there was really no clutch time during the game and it felt it really felt like a wire-to-wire victory some of the other notable points from the game, Karis Levert got hurt, and I think it ended up not being as severe of an injury. It ended up not a ligament tear, but a broken leg. No, but I think it was more just the the look of it at the time, yep. how he fell. You could see players were visibly shooken up, very Gordon hayward Paul George, yeah, bench, yep. benches, and just sort of silence. And the stadium was already silent to begin with, due to I think what was one of our lowest attended games of the year. One of the classic like ten thousand people on a weekday game mm-hmm. brought us into thirtieth on the year on attendance at that point. Yep. And I know it was so quiet at the game that someone said like, "Now we can win" or something after he injured himself. Oh, that's I heard. right. And the Timberwolves bench. I mean, credit to them, as I guess as, as anyone should or would do, basically told the guy, like, you know, get the hell out of there and yeah. some other choice words, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that was one big part of the game. Good that his injury didn't end up being as severe as kind of it seemed like as it, it was. As it looked, right? Yeah. yeah, as it looked in the moment. But on the Wolves' side, some really solid games from the players that we needed to step up. Cat had 25 and 21. We'll take all of the rebounds that he can give us with our rebounding woes. Rose had 23 and Teague had 24. Really interesting to see how they're able to both kind of score in tandem. I've heard a little bit of buzz of who should actually be starting. I still think Teague provides more kind of steady half-court offense. After watching the Grizz today, you don't even really think about it, I guess. It's Mm -hmm. more just like they both get similar minutes, and I think that's fine right now. Yep. And I know Rose, in a pregame interview I heard about or I listened to, he sort of said if if we're both on the court and Teague isn't feeling it or he's exhausted or something, I can take the ball up even though I'm on the stat sheet for those 10 minutes as a two or something, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. 
And I think if Rose keeps up with how he's playing, played really well against the Grizz today, there's just no reason that that doesn't have to continue. And I guess the silver lining, regardless of how we're going to, who should start, who's better or whatever, one scored 23, one scored 24. No one, at the beginning of the year, if Rose is a 23 point game. I, I mean, we like, would have gone crazy. Yeah. And it's sort of started to become the norm where he's a top two, three, four player on our team, right? I think he's sixth in like point guard scoring points per game i think i saw that over the weekend on like an instagram post or something kind of a d rose dedicated yeah and if he's playing well scoring is not going to be his issue right you're gonna yeah, look for exactly. efficiency and other things but it, it still shows that he's in the game and having a factor right? yeah and he's serving that role on the net side d'angelo russell with 31 and ronde hollis jefferson with 14 so karis lavert a lot of people think is their best player so they probably felt a little bit of a void losing him but d'angelo steps up and it was a close game, but I would say the final score is probably a little bit closer or not as close as the final score indicated. I felt like the Wolves really had control over the course. Like of the what? Game. If you're up 10 for a lot of the game and seven the rest of the game, right? It doesn't feel the same if you yep. bounced up and down and swung a seven point lead, right? Mm-hmm. So the final score doesn't capture that. But it, yes, I, I get what you're saying. Like That's why you said this was the first solid W this season. Yeah, and then to just be able to start off a homestand with a victory and then kind of carry that momentum forward to the Pelicans game, I think was a really awesome way to kick off the week. Yeah, and obviously the, the main headline, at least before the game, is Rocco and Super Dario. So yeah, another game where I, I thought we won pretty solidly, right? Yeah. You would say for the majority of the game, I think the Wolves are going to win. I think the Wolves are win if you asked it, I guess, like each 10 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. So, I, so it felt nice to get two solid wins, both without Jimmy. So that was where like a lot of the media attention was grabbed. And my attention, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, I, you said media I, attention. I, I, everyone's, we are the media. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Towns with 25 points, 16 rebounds. Wiggins, 23 points. Teague, 14 and 14. You're seeing solid value out of the guys that you're hoping for right especially mm-hmm. wiggins i think was one of the headlines that overshadowed their Rocco and super dario's appearances right yep so it's just nice to see wiggins play well obviously everyone linked it to jimmy's departure and whatnot but with all this stuff there's just going to be little sample sizes flying everywhere mm-hmm. all signs point to that there is a difference between jimmy being there and not but who knows maybe we just won three games right well, we got two, two solid like rotation role players, guys who like could be cracking the starting lineup for one guy that wasn't really here. So it's not surprising to see that we can now share the load a little bit more. And the team just seemed energized for whatever reason. Yeah, that's why I do want to kind of be a hypocrite. It's just more fun to watch. I can't mm-hmm. even really put bullet points or tangible examples on it, but it, it just seems more enjoyable. And I think... Half of that is just a human thing where you're excited that this could be our core group of guys for two to three more years, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the uncertainty of renting out a player, basically. Right. So maybe it's just that, and there's not anything different on the offense or some pretty ball movement or something, but I can just objectively say that it felt different and better, right? Yeah, and I would say that was the same kind of over the course of the week. Also, Anthony Davis got 29 and 11, but I thought... The Wolves actually played him pretty well, especially in the first half. 29's fine, right? For AD. It's, yeah, it's like, kind of normal. Holding to 11 boards where Town gets 16. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I would say Town's won the matchup, and he's has a history of winning against AD. So that, that made it for a nice headline as well. I don't think Rocco and Dario played amazing, but they seemed comfortable. And as I'll talk about in the Grizz game, 
Roko has a he hypes the fans up. Like he'll yeah. literally like wave his arms in the air to get the crowd going and stuff like that. So it seems like they're happy they're there. They seem like great guys. All the Sixers fans on Reddit and stuff seem to love them. So I think that was more of the story. No, yeah. no one was if they were gonna. Everyone's gonna be happy with their stat line that night, right? Yeah, like you get a, a free pass. And when did the Wiggins dunk tracker start? I think like he had. I forget which dunk was first, but he had like a pretty sweet dunk on Nikola Mirotic where he kind of climbed the ladder in a very certain spot on like Mirotic's body. But then he had another, and or Dave Benz pointed out it was only his like fourth dunk of the season. This guy who we think of as like a super athlete. And then there's a quote from Levine saying that the only person who could beat him in a dunk contest, brackets besides Aaron Gordon, is Andrew Wiggins. That's wild. Because then he had another one, I think it was in the Pelicans game, where he stole the ball on fast break. And no one would be surprised, right? But just, right. he doesn't do it in the game. Well, and he, he just like did a normal two-hand flush, and you can see the Oh, the crowd the reaction. Background. I love yeah, that. They're like, what was I that all about? I think have been or something. He just kind of like flicked his hands in the air a little bit. Yeah, very, that very disappointed. So we'll keep an eye on all these Wiggins dunks, because they've been kind of lost in the shuffle of not being like in the bottom cellar of the league. It was always fun to track our dunks when we had like 12 wins a season. Mm -hmm. Very athletic guys though. Really, really uh, important part of our team. (laughs) So it gets people to the game, right? But honestly, if Wiggins doesn't do crazy dunks or something, but scores consistently and seem to have energy against the Grizz today, I will take it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And the way he's been shooting more. Got to make up for a max contract. I totally agree. I totally agree. Then speaking of like getting people to the games any way you can, the Prince jerseys on Friday. Whew, Noah. Looked at so many third-party Chinese websites in the last yeah. week. Yeah, I think the, between the two of us, we might have, like, crashed the servers or something <laughs> like that. Because those jerseys, they were dripping. There was some serious drip on the court that night. And the Wolves pick up a W. They uh, went crazy. Yeah, yeah, let's go crazy, right? So, 112-96. The Blazers, going into that game, they were the second team in the West. So really great. Still are. Oh, really? Yeah. So really great opportunity for an upset and the Wolves get it done. Did you watch the game? Because I remember, you know, I was around our apartment Friday night, kind of like really grinding on the pod. Did How did you take in the game? Went over to a friend's house, had a few beers, but I was a, a patient observer. I was eyes glued. Oh, gotcha. All right. I, it was hard to tell when you weren't answering any of my texts, sort of like, you know, what the vibe of the game was. But oh, I yeah, did that. I did call my dad, and so we had a good... <laughs> he agrees, solid first half, uh, some good defense. You and broke then, down the pod into a mirror or something? Yes, exactly. And one other really significant part of the broadcast, I would say, is Dave and Jim harassing some of the promo guys like for really long ad reads. <laughs> I, th- there was just like a lot of extra energy around the game, and I think they were promoting like after wins on weekend games like go to some certain clothes tailor in minnetonka and dave benz was just really struggling to get all the way through it it was a large amount of text so just one of the contributing factors to the game that i think the fans should know about honestly like jim and dave's broadcasts are bar none right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if even if it's on espn maybe i'll flip the halftime show a little better done yeah but during the game no, like Jim Pete all the way. And they, yeah. do, they do get distracted from time to time and sort of speak their mind, which I like a lot better than a lot of the other put-together broadcasts I get. Yeah, exactly. And 
on on the actual basketball side, uh, my bad getting sidetracked with the Prince jerseys, which I should reiterate, they were fresh. Yeah, Jim Pete's top one jersey. Yeah, exactly. Um, The Wolves played really well, really balanced. Wiggins had 23. All starters were in double figures. D. Rose was in double figures. And we had 36 from the bench. Just like everybody got really, really involved. And the Blazers... Their stars just didn't really bring it. CJ had 18, Lillard had 16, Leonard had 10. So, like, I think what you were talking about with, like, a pretty solid win integrating Dario and Rocco on Wednesday was way more amped up on Friday. Yes, definitely. And it's one of those games where you could reference four or five guys, maybe not for the player of the game. You know, you could pick one or two or something, but four or five guys that had a really significant impact on the game and i I think we're going to have more of those games as the year goes on and Mm -hmm. it's naturally what happens when you trade a really 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 good player for two pretty solid starters right yeah you're gonna have a more balanced effort and so i think that gives us depth and you know if someone's done hot on a certain night give the ball to someone else right or change up the offense yeah you've got options you've got young players who can stretch the floor or really move the ball it seems like covington and sarich make the right basketball play. I've really been impressed with Saric on that. Like he fills lanes, he crashes the glass. So I know we'll talk a little bit more about kind of our overall thoughts on him after the game, but this was like where I felt, wow, we got some really good players. This could work. And to hold the Blazers under a hundred, I think could potentially be a testament looking back on Dario and Covington and what they're going to do on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. As well as some non-tangibles with energy and hustle around just having a new team right yep yep and giving i we should give some credit to thibodeau with like so far early on the rotations have worked out and i mean i haven't really heard as much thibodeau smoke of late so yeah there's there's the stuff with taj and, and dar which we'll talk about later but i think mm-hmm. it's been handled on a pretty even keel besides him not actually appearing as a starter on paper right yeah absolutely so that was a that was a really like fun way to have a game on a friday night always cool to pick up a victory like you were saying about um our local broadcast guys i randomly caught like two celtics games over the weekend and i think nba tv airs like the local broadcast okay and it was clear that they did no research like kyrie irving was attacking against utah and like hit a shot over Derek favors it was like oh kyrie over scores over the man the shot blocker what a play, what a play against the Utah Basketball 6. Association. 6.2 blocks on the year. Yeah, right. So shout out uh, Jim Pete and Dave Benz. They're they're doing the good work. So Oh, yeah. Jim Pete knows his stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Might be stuck in the 80s and 90s sometimes with his player references and things like that, but always welcome. I mean, that's the way I like it. Yeah. So that put us at 3-0 for the week. Then we dropped the game against the Grizzlies. Noah, what, what happened? Was it the no Prince jerseys? That probably accounts for, what, three, four points, right? I would so, think so. But still, when you lose by 13, not enough. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think even Prince could have saved us tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 20 turnovers for the Wolves this was sort of my main headline, 12 for the Grizz. It, it felt like what sealed the deal. There was a couple of bad calls, but as Jim Pete and Dave kind of stuck on, like, when you lose by 13, I think we were down by 11 at the, at the time of the bad call. That's, that's not why you're losing, right? Right. So, and I, I don't think we've been gypped this year by the refs overall so i don't think that's my main focus of the game i guess very mature of you (laughs) if i was on the court i'd feel a little different that's true 
so in the first half, it felt like it was going to be a pretty solid win. And it seemed like a basically a summary of the first three games. It felt like the ball was moving well. No really dumb shots, I think, is the biggest thing I've seen with these new guys. I don't feel like there's any Crawford or Shabazz type energy out there. Mm-hmm. Wiggins can be goofy. Besides that, Rose I don't, is probably the Rose, one. Rose, I think yeah. he, Rose is the last remaining person because he's just so quick and he'll get he'll get to a good position, sort of in the air. Mm-hmm. But he's gotten there so fast that I feel like he doesn't even know where he is. And he does and the jump pass, chuck it up. Yeah. yeah, so he's he's in the air too much, and it sort of scares me. But if he keeps up his efficiency in scoring, that's his style, and, and the number of shots he takes a game, there's gonna be two or three of those a game. Yep. But also it it makes the defense have to just put a guy right on him, right? Yep. So I'm fine with that for now. It's when you had like Shabazz, Crawford, and two or three of those types on the yep. court. Yep, Um. So we're very balanced and gritty first half, really good defense. I know it was under 50 we held them to. But second half, it just sort of fell apart, especially with the turnovers. And it was just a scrappy game. I felt like there's a lot of times where they did two or three quick passes. And before you know it, someone was just open on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. So we weren't even Taj. You'll see a lot of times he'll close out a guy on the perimeter and force him to take a two. I felt like we were even so far away in those shots where we couldn't even get out there in time for that. Yeah. So I don't know if it was the defense was lazier or they were just able to stretch the floor a little more. But Gasol went four for seven from three, and it just really screwed up Towns, right? He kind of didn't know what to do. And I heard he had, like he's on pace to break his three-point like attempts by a ton yeah just the changing nba so i don't know if the scouting report didn't really pick it up i guess or i mean towns i think he struggles with gasol it's like a classic grizzlies game we only scored 87 points they were so gritty they they're all slowed it down and they're playing really really well right now so it it was kind of a recipe for disaster looking back on it for the wolves and it was a testament to them is that the wolves have the second fewest turnovers this year um it's one thing we kind of have shined at the whole year Mm -hmm. and we had 20 this this game and it was just totally the grizzlies just screwing with us yeah you got two new guys in the court right so Mm -hmm. probably a little less chemistry especially passing wise than you'd like to have but honestly they're just up in our faces and i don't know what we really could have done yeah looking back i haven't had a lot of time to formulate but you're, I mean, you're still devastated. Yeah. And you're I'm worried about that $3 PTSD. bet on the Vikes game. So I was... Palm sweaty. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was listening to Zach Lowe's podcast today and getting myself convinced that we were going to win this game handily. And the NBA. Right. Because, because uh, he said that the Grizzlies have like a really stifling defense, but it might be one of those mirage kind of stats because second spectrum has ways of checking like... If teams are just shooting really well, like if you're forcing them into bad shots, but they're hitting them anyways, the Grizzlies had like the reverse of that. They were getting lucky with like bad shooting. It was basically what I'm saying is going into the game, it was hard to tell like, is the Grizzlies defense for real? And it seems like it. I think there's a lot of, are are the Grizzlies for real with this team? The nine and five coming to the game, obviously 10 and five now. So I think at that point, you're saying that they're an above average team, right? For sure. They're going on into the year, you go 10, 10 and 5, like it's a chunky record, right? Yep. So I think they're definitely a team to be reckoned with. And what, in the scope of the week, going 3 and 1 with a loss to a, a, a buzzing Grizzlies team? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the worst headline. Probably one, I'd say it's probably the best week we've had, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I am, I think just the energy, too. I mean, we can go into it. 
the wins were solid. We played solid Western Conference teams. And just the way that Dario and Rocco have been integrated. Yes. It's just been really, really Rocco, fun. especially if you watch any of the games at any sort of pivotal three-year play, he will like wave his hands up in the air to like, get the crowd pumped up. All mm-hmm. 9,000 fans. And so... <laughs> I just, I really like that energy, right? No one, you don't know, not a lot of players even do that to begin with, unless you are enjoying your time or you're sort of happy to be in Minnesota. You're not going to do something like that. So yeah. It's a really good sign so far to see. There's nothing we've seen from Sarge either that would indicate Yeah, and the thing low that, energy for Minnesota. Well, yeah, the thing that I really like about him, I mean, by all accounts, he's a guy that's from Europe. He's, he's probably not going to be the most energetic or bubbly person in the world i don't want to like typecast but he has kind of come over to this country to play basketball and is getting the job done he crashes the glass really really hard he makes the right basketball play and he hits threes too like i think i saw in this- enough to spread the floor and yeah. four for seven uh against the grizzlies tonight and then four for eight from three so i guess that was gonna be my one silver lining that's gonna highlight from the grizzlies game yeah is that they both hit their threes really really well so they're an exciting one-two punch to add so big question do you think sarge is gonna take taj's starting spot I'm going to be so biased about what I think should happen versus what I think will happen that I think they're going to meld together. So I'll just sort of answer it at once. <laughs> I I would rather have Taj start if we're trying to look at like the success of this season. Like you're mm-hmm. looking at a pure win standpoint of this year. Yeah. Because by all metrics and leadership and all those things, I think he's a starter. Yeah. He's, there's, a, there's a lot of glue guy things on the floor that I don't think Sarge has the chemistry or years to do yet. Yep. So if you're looking from that perspective, I think it's kind of easily Taj. But when you're barely trying to get the eight seed, there's a sort of a different dynamic that you're also considering where it's like half. I'm trying to develop my young guys and Taj is definitely peaked or past his peak, right? Yeah. So why not get this guy starting minutes? He pretty explicitly says he wants to start. Taj says totally fine with sitting like, you can tell he's actually fine. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really just up to Tibbs. He doesn't have to worry about Taj's feelings or leadership or anything like that, which he can still obviously do from the bench, but I'd just rather have him on the floor more, I guess. So to answer your question, I, I either way what happens, I'm not going to be like mind blown. Yeah. And I think eventually if you see Saric play even close to Taj's ability, you'll see him start. Yeah, I totally agree that in an ideal situation, Taj would start, but Sarge would probably take some minutes. Like Taj shouldn't be playing like 30 to 35 minutes a game. I really like the way he's able to assert himself. And right now it's pretty balanced between the two of them. Which is good, which is really good. But there is something to st- actually starting in the game. Like yeah, there's an actually, objective thing to that. Yeah, and I think Taj, like you said, he's a good starter in the first quarter. That's sometimes if he has a good scoring game, he just kind of gets off to a great start with that spin move, lefty off the glass, so... But I also think Sarge is more of someone who could get 25-30 in a night randomly, mm-hmm. where Taj, I think, is only going to take those shots where he has a good position yep. on like his favorite spot on the block or something against a mismatch, or he's already got someone back down, right? It's where, like the, where I feel like Sarge is going to shoot. Yeah, it's like the perfect balance of a veteran who kind of does the right things and someone who might like butt into a star or like a solid starter on a team so yeah at some point over five five for six you might actually take seven for ten from Sarge, right Mm -hmm. so totally not totally different but rather different 
players, and I think they work in different sets. So yep. So Taj doesn't really lose out on the rotation, but Tibbs is really sticking to a nine-man rotation. So who's lost out is really three of kind of our favorite players: Okogi, Tolliver, and Tyus. Tyus is still in the rotation, I would say, but his eh. minutes. Well, I mean, he's the ninth, right? Yeah, I guess um, so. I know Kogi and Tolliver didn't play tonight. Ty's played 11. So, I mean, 11's... Okay, fair enough, yeah. Better than zero, right? But but yes, and I think if he keeps... Like, tonight, couldn't really hit a shot. And yeah. And barely rolled a floater in or something. And it's sort of been the theme. And with Rose playing so well and T yeah. playing well enough, right? I don't I don't really see a, a pivotal or a, a solid position for him, right? I think well, it's just the fact that he is the ninth man, so he will get some minutes. But I don't think... I don't think Tibbs is overly excited about it. Well, it's hard to evaluate because Tyus last year, we talked about it a lot. He played so well above expectation. So it was like he should get, you know, as many minutes as he can or that. And there's all like the the advanced metrics, darling stuff. Who knows how much people should weigh that stuff in. But I think there was a, there's a buzz around his, his season this year. Mm -hmm. And we just haven't even had the opportunity to talk about him between Rose's successes, Butler's, drama and this new trade coming in right like yep that's just not on our our headline sheet yeah so but overall i think he's just gonna sit in that ninth man position sad to see okogi we brought in tolliver for a pretty specific reason and then to sit him is kind of weird yeah but i think something that we discussed a little bit before the pod is that is it really bad to have depth, no right like it's a weird problem for minnesota fans but i think we just need to get used to it and say Someone can get paid five million to sit in the bench, and we shouldn't lose sleep over, right? Yeah, exactly. It was it was cool to see Okogi really get lots of minutes and kind of start to step out of his shell. And then yeah, I think it was like a beta phase or like a testing phase, right? Yeah, for sure. So it'd be it'd be cool to see him crack the lineup again. Tolliver, I just have a special place for in my heart, but I oh, think of course, Sarich and Roko are much better players. And down the line, it'd just be an insanely bad move if he put. Not that this would ever happen, but he put Tolliver before either of those two guys. Yeah, yeah. Just from a development or even ability standpoint. Yeah, Tolliver never played for Chicago, so we don't really need to worry about that. At I any think he's point. been in a position before. I don't think it's. Gonna be, I don't. He's not going to be the source of drama. Makogi's mm-hmm. a rookie. He got the taste of it. He might be a little bit in the locker room, but isn't that kind of what you want? Like you want him to want to be in the court. Yeah, exactly. You want him to be hungrier. So between that, a guy we haven't mentioned either is. Gorgie, we'll see how his minutes shake out. But I like how the rotations looked. People seem to kind of fit in their roles pretty well. Yeah, on a lot of the media we follow, they've been pretty understanding that the reason to have a certain sentiment towards Gorgie right now is because of his contract, not necessarily or fully because of his abilities or playing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if he was an up-and-coming center right now, you'd sort of be like, oh, this guy has potential or something. But once you get paid... It's kind of go time. Yeah, it's the Wiggins effect. We've, yeah, we've been exactly. there before. We were watching a play of his where, like, he tried to take a guy off the dribble on a pump fake, like, thinking, "Give me the ball, <laughs> I'm worth like nineteen and a half million dollars or it's whatever." It's kind of have an effect, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's tough for everyone yeah. involved. Yeah, for sure. But overall, the nine man wotation, like I like to call it, now that it's super beefed up, I think I think it's looking good, and maybe even will carry us into the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Well, I have here that 43% chance after tonight's game. Basically, it'd be it'd be nice, right? Yeah. If anyone would be disappointed with an eight seed at this point, I'd be a little suspect, right? 
because while they have the tools to do it, your current record does play into that, right? Right. So seven and ten, there's at that point you have to account that we're seven and ten, right? Like we have some making up to do. Yeah, we're so, not in a great position as we start out right now. So five thirty eight has as the twelfth best team going forward, but that doesn't take into account what you have left to make up, right? They also predict how many wins you're gonna get, like overall. And that comes down to that 43%. And we've had, by SRS before the Grizzlies game, the 19th best season this year. So it's clear, like, in the rearview mirror, no one would say we're going to make the playoffs, right? Yep. Looking forward, things are looking up, but are you going to have enough time to, I guess, make it up with your trajectory? Yep, and this is going to be a theme this year and any year probably that anyone's going to be recapping the wolves is just the west is really going to be nuts people are going to make moves and injuries happen so 43 percent, it's like you got a chip chair and a chance for some playoff basketball yeah and my thing with the conferences stuff a little bit of a soapbox is that if you're in finals contention you're going to make the playoffs right yep like if you're the raptors if you're boston if you're denver if you're the jazz you're not like oh shoot we're in the west like yes, you'll have a harder path to the finals, but but you're not gonna be you're not gonna be out of the playoffs if you actually have a chip chair and a chance at yeah. making the finals, right? It's kind of what it's all about. It's yeah, it's like the West only makes a difference if you're scraping and clawing yeah, for the playoffs. It'd be neat to be in the East and pick up a six seed kind of for no reason, right? And have yep. a little an upset a, a crappier three seed, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, you're gonna face an opponent where you just have to prove yourself. Yeah. So the interesting thing for me to look at is kind of where we're at and how the West tiers break up. And I was joking with you before the pod, but it really looks like there's the Warriors. There's sort of everybody else that's in a log jam. And then there's the Suns. It goes 12 wins to seven with uh, with us at seven yep. and then two with Phoenix. So it's yeah. like everyone's going to grab a few wins from Phoenix and then the rest are going to kind of play round robin pool play 500, right? Yeah, for sure. It's like, nobody's tanking phoenix you take zion williamson like have fun so <laughs> see you guys yeah well yeah we'll, we'll keep an eye on that for next year but that's that's where the wolves are at i'm feeling positive this week's got me energized i was hoping to have a lot of segments about how we went four and oh since the jimmy trade but we went three and one since the jimmy we, we trade. had to pivot really quick before the pod <laughs> yeah we just burned the old uh document of our notes and had to build this pod up from Pesky nothing fire alarms yeah for, <laughs> yeah for sure so Looking ahead, I think we've got a roadmap for some more victories, maybe another streak. Yeah, first two games, pretty gritty. Nuggets, I put 58% chance. Nets, 51% chance. These aren't my made-up percentages. I was going to say, These no, are 538. Yeah, tell the people, and tell the people what 538 is. Oh, my, what? No. Like, tell them what, like, it's not like the whole scope, like, what's CNN, but, like, or what's, why do you go to 538? The leading sports analytics blog that was started by a, a guy who got his foot in through politics predictions but has shown to be worthwhile in the sports arena wow concise he that wasn't so difficult was it there's 538 there's an interview question in the middle of a podcast <laughs> you gotta be ready to roll so you mentioned the nuggets and nets games then we've got the bulls next saturday that that's an 85 percent chance yeah According wow. to smarter people than us, yeah, and five, our listeners, yeah, five thirty-eight. It's like this sports thing that was started by Nate Silver. He sort of got in through politics, <laughs> but uh, I think I really hope that we could have picked up this Grizzlies win because I thought we had a chance at maybe like a seven and zero streak. But take a breath, see how we're going to do this week. I think we've got more exciting Timberwolves basketball ahead of us.
yeah, hopefully we can pull out two wins. Absolutely. With that. Howl. Howl.